I am Josh Young. And I'm Josh Dillon. And you're listening to the Pink and Black Playback, a 4 out of 10 podcast chronicling the 10 out of 10 career of one Brett the Hitman Hart, where we cover all the highs, the lows, and the pinky middles. Hey. And Bang. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Aggressive. <laughs> and today, we are going to talk about... Uh, Brett versus, sorry, there's a lot of names. Give me a minute. <laughs> Brett versus Take your time there. <laughs> Austin versus Vader versus Taker on February 16th, 1997 at uh, In Your House Final Four for the WWF Championship. And then after that, we'll give out a bit about uh, the Hart Foundation versus Strike Show. Strike Show. <laughs> Everyone's favorite game show. Or like Strike shit Force, show. That's right. That's right. Strike Force at a house show at Houston, Texas on December 11th, 1987. Um, oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> these uh, There's no real theme to these matches other than I guess they're title matches. Is that the theme? That could be a theme. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. They're all themes. I got to say, we'll call this the looked good on paper matches. <laughs> Picked out of the out of the wizard's uh, or the magician's hat. Right? There's a uh, there's a lot of, you know, I feel like if you were buying tickets to either of these shows, you'd be like, oh, I'd watch that match. It'd be a sure. good time. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So we started off with I don't know, I guess an important match in the storylines of 1997, but one that was boy, just kind of just a lot of shit canning, a lot of nothingness to the whole thing. That's uh, the only thing I could say. <laughs> yeah, to give you an idea of what was going on at the time, because you got it starts off with a lead-in, yep. our first match with a little video package. You get a little Doc Hendrick action in there. Those classic, those classic fucking WWF, F, eh, maybe a little bit of E, mostly F promos, yeah. the, the intro promos. Leading you into thinking that this is going to be the match of the fucking century. It's... With a trailer voice that can only be made by a guy who does a lot of professional trailer voices. Is it Doc Hendricks? Doing that one? I actually don't think it is. I think it's, uh, you know, what's his name? That other guy. The guy, that other guy, you know? And he did it for years. He smiles all the time. He did all the in-your-house stuff. Uh, smiles all the time? You know, he's, uh, he's another guy, and he used to. He was the one that interviewed all the fake Japanese reporters at WrestleMania at the Caesar's Palace. Bob Pettengill. There we go. <laughs> I always forget his fucking name. Man, I'm good. God, I love it. This is why we got you, Josh. You're gonna, you're gonna fix it every time. So I didn't get a paycheck for this. <laughs> this is pretty much right after the Royal Rumble from that year, which is the first one Austin wins. Which, Cheated to win. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That was gonna it. be Brett's other win. That was gonna be his this second was, second Royal Rumble. Third Royal Rumble. Would have schoolyard fight. I remember. I remember this Royal <laughs> Rumble, and then people like being like Austin won. Be like Austin never fucking won that match. Uh, you know. Because we don't a, got the play-by-play, you piece of trash. Start a letter-writing campaign here to Gorilla <laughs> Monsoon. He's got to do something about this. Was it Jack Tenney at this point? No, it's it Gorilla Monsoon. Monsoon's it's, uh, acting president day. president bullshit. Yeah. Um, so Austin cheats, of course. No one's, The refs don't see him go over the top rope. and He sneaks back in and finishes the match by eliminating Bret Hart. Um, this and, is almost, uh, this in-your-house Final Four is the rematch yeah. for the Final four participants in that yeah. year's Royal Rumble. They even had like a Royal Rumble gimmick to it too, in that um, it is a, you know, it is your fatal four way in a sense where whoever pit, well, I shouldn't say that. Mine is fake diesel, it's, fake diesels. In that as far too. as I can tell, it's an elimination match. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's an elimination match. 
pin submission or over the top rope. I guess they figured if they just had four guys doing like the Royal Rumble finish, it would get kind of fucking boring really quickly. That's the first and the last they've ever done of that. Yeah, it's a really weird mix of uh, stipulations. I've never, correct us if if we're wrong and I have been in time at two. I don't believe it. But yeah, this is like they never really replicated this match before. I've never seen uh, like a four way over the top. And you know what? There might be a reason for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Complicated rules. It's uh, so it's at least an interesting start. There's a reason why this match is happening. Um, also, somebody lost their smile recently and uh, has to vacate a belt. Somebody got beat by Marines <laughs> recently. We saw, oh, what I love about the video package, too, they're just like, oh, what a weird happenstance. Uh, uh, you know, we got the belt. Lest we uh, forget, uh, heartbreak kid who mm-hmm. literally had his heart broken and smile removed. It's true. Surgically? It horrible. Or did somebody... Chemically, <laughs> actually, if there's one thing I know about <laughs> or him. Or did a bunch of Marines shove a pine cone up his ass? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got a vacated belt. We got four big name guys, guys that you would at this point, you've got Austin, you've got Vader, you've got Undertaker and you've got Bret Hart. I mean, to some degree, Taker and Austin are still kind of on the come up here, but Austin's already run the Royal Rumble like it. These are these are the guys that could you could put in your main event already. You're you're good to go. And we've got a lot of bad blood here. Of course, uh, Taker and Vader are feuding and Austin and Bret are already doing the Austin Brett thing pretty fucking hard. Other than the abdication of Shawn Michaels as champion, the only the reason why we're having this rematch of Royal Rumble too is because even after Austin cheated to win the Rumble, he, he got he gets tossed out by Brett, comes back in without anybody looking, and then the first persons he goes for are Vader and Taker. He tosses them out. Mm-hmm. Brett is facing off against... Is Vader still in the match at this point? Yeah, in the Royal Rumble match. Also notably in the match, Fake Diesel. Fake Diesel. Kane. (laughs) Glenn Jacobs. Is he senator or congressman or something like that? He's a fucking mayor. Don't give him too much credit. Oh, shit. Yeah, but he's making like waves in his politics. Doesn't matter. Because he's just... What I love about him is he was a guy who shut his mouth his entire career and then got into politics and was just like... I've got the the mic now. I just love love for like 10, 15 years, everyone was like, what a smart guy. He's so smart. And then it turns out he's not in any fucking way. Smart for a libertarian, I suppose. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, he's he. Brett takes out in the Royal, 1997 Royal Rumble. Brett takes out uh, Fake Diesel, mm-hmm. Glenn Jacobs, and then Austin comes back in after he eliminates. Slides in quick, quick yeah, elimination. Throws out because technic- And at that point, even after Brett takes out B- Fake Diesel, Brett's got the win. But then, as quick as that happens, Austin tosses him over and quote unquote wins so- 1997 Royal Rumble. The table is set, so to speak, here. We understand what's going on. And again, this isn't in your house. What's amazing is, again, you've got these four superstars. um, And I don't mean that in the WWE way. I mean, like, literal superstars. (laughs) Superstarred. Of uh, of professional wrestling. And everybody gets an intro, but they all jog to the ring like jobbers. Everyone's there so fucking fast. The whole ring, it's very early 1997 WWF, right? So it is like the shittiest like ROH 2007 <laughs> looking setup too. Like, and it's in the corner. Oh. It's not facing the ring. It's in the oh. corner of the ring. And from the beginning of the of the entrance of the aforementioned 2000, mid-2000s Ring of Honor entrance, to that corner of the ring, got to be 30 feet. Yeah. If yeah, that. yeah, barely at all. And it's to a point like I don't think we actually saw any of 
the Undertaker's entrance? Like not we at saw all. No, they, they Vader came a... in and kicked like the stairs off or whatever, and we yeah. got a very brief moment of Brett and coming in. If anything, Stone Cold's was the longest because I think they hit his music cue early. That's yeah, honestly they, all uh, it you was. Get, you get to see Austin come in, then they cut to an interview uh, backstage with Brett talking about how everybody in the ring that he's facing is pretty tough. Yeah, classic <laughs> Brett. Uh, quick fashion moment. Uh, classic Brett with the uh, black, and, black on top, yeah. pink on bottom, pink pink piping on the edges there, and yeah. wearing the Calgary Hitman uh, Hitmen, I guess uh, to be more the newly exact. arrived to the WHL. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, leather jacket. So it's not Brett's coolest jacket, but I bet he'd probably be really fucking happy about it right now, just because it's his hockey I team. I thought right? it was pretty neat and pretty cool of McMahon to allow him yeah. to rep his own, you know, yeah, advertise. The hockey team that he, that he I, I fucking wonder if he called it anything but the Hitman if he would have been allowed to. That's a good question. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. The match starts, and boy, does it ever start. These guys, <laughs> I, I think I described it as in like it was like everyone was trying to catch a bus. Like they just had to really get this shit out of the way. So they, we only have 90 minutes to make this fucking pay-per-view oh, in yeah. your house. I didn't even know they had that much time because this match was about 25, I think, in total. Yeah. Hard twenty five. Yeah, they uh, split off into two. It's the rival factions here, right? So yep. factions, the just the rivalries, feuds. Yeah. feuds. Um, you've got Brett versus Austin, and you've got Undertaker and Vader, and they just separate, and it's just boom, boom, boom. It's, yeah, it's, it's brawling. It's it's kick big punch. Big meaty men slap meat, as yeah. uh, Biggie once said. <laughs> it was just a you want slapping me? You want slap me? You five star matches? You thirty minute classics? No, no. Uh, that's yeah. So he, a ten-year-old Biggie, probably would have really liked this match because it Definitely. was just like four guys just slapping each other around. And then every so often, like, and again, because everybody gets blown up real quick here because yeah. they're fucking going at each other. And then like Leon, of course, is the first one to fucking go. Yeah. And so it gets to a point in the match where it's like every time anybody hits Leon once or twice, he just fucking falls to the mat, rolls out. Yeah. And then they just keep doing this thing where it's almost like musical chairs, where they just keep rotating in and out of the ring. Um, sometimes Leon's grabbing the stairs and using those as a weapon. There's a he fucking gets gigged real good. We were debating whether or not it was hard way, or I'm yeah, I'm I think leaning right. towards not. It doesn't look like the hard way in retrospect. It's yeah, just like it's meant to be, but like obviously it's meant to be. But like yeah, he he literally goes down, takes a really cool chair shot. One of the only Taker. things that actually looked like a spot in yeah. this match. Taker and Vader are on the outside, and he's Taker's up against the turnbuckle. So Vader has a steel chair, goes from once, misses, comes back around, does it again, but Taker sticks his leg out onto the chair, chair hits uh, yeah. Vader in the face, and then he goes down and Peter's And our, our main camera angle, this too, is from uh, Taker's perspective, so yeah. it looks perfect. Yeah. I got it. You know, Leon gets a lot of crap for fucking just, just clanging people, but he yeah. made that look really good, and anytime he hits anybody with a chair in this match, it's full flesh on the back. Yeah. He's not he's not going for anybody's dome, so uh give the man his due. It was yeah, so I don't know. There's not a lot to really talk about in this match. The man. highlight it's interesting because despite the other three star power, the one you're really paying attention to is Vader. Vader. Because yeah. he's bleeding profusely out of his eye. Oh yeah, and that mask and that guy helps already, too, right? Yeah. It just makes it look even grosser because it's like all covered in his mask. He eventually does by the end of the match. Yeah, take it has it to off, take his but... yeah, take his mask off. But like I'm worried about it, and I've seen this match. Back in 97, I was worried about it then. But I didn't know, and uh, to wrestling legend, Vader damn near lost his fucking eye to Cowboy Stan Hansen. Like, it popped out. 
God, God put it, it in. Put it back in when kept going. And kept God, wrestling. That's years before this. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking yeah, crazy yeah. and gross. Yeah, right. And uh <laughs> well, I don't think he went bl- any blinder here. But they uh <laughs> I don't know, man. There's not a lot of special here. I'm trying to think of especially interesting moments. You get a top row uh, Austin clothesline to a standing yeah. undertaker, which kind of looks like he falls off the top rope because he barely like, he doesn't, but he also doesn't get any air at all. He basically yeah. just leans over like he's doing a diving headbutt. You know, there, like, uh, there's Bruh. a lot of moves from uh, uh, Vader doing his patented moon salts and mm-hmm. his, or attempts to do a Vader bomb, but that's how eventually how he gets uh, eliminated. <laughs> which was uh, actually a pretty good elimination. Yeah. I, I like the idea of him getting so amped up. He gets up top, but then the man underneath him gets pulled away. Yeah. And then he goes up, and then he gets him, basically just nut shots him over the ring, I think. Over the, Taker over... does. Taker kicks him. Yeah, he nut shots him. Vader's getting, the dick get, here, Vader's, yeah. Yeah, getting, going to dick kick city, poor bastard. A few times. Brett kicks him in the full dick. Full of the balls. And they do a full on <laughs> replay of it. It looks real good, man. Oh, <laughs> he fuck. nails him. Earlier in the, or kind of midway through the match, and then uh, Taker, that's how Taker eliminates Vader, because he was trying to go for the Vader bomb, and then obviously Taker does his nose cell, gets up, and Vader doesn't notice it until until the last minute that he gets beamed by fucking Taker, and then Taker throws him off the fucking top rope, and then that's how he gets eliminated. For a match that is supposed to include pinfall and submissions, you see no pinfalls nor submissions. Isn't the what's the fi- uh, well, before we get there then? So we'll start at the beginning of the the eliminations. Right. First is Austin, which I think is a nice move since he's the one that won the Royal Wumble. R- yeah, Royal Wumble, Wumble? <laughs> the Royal Wumble, um, Waskily Wabbit. <laughs> yeah, right. Since he Sorry. won the Rumble, he had the least to lose by going out yeah. first. And I guess it was kind of a situation where they knew he wasn't going to have the belt. Um, it's hard to explain this to a lot of people, but it is the very, very beginning of 1997. So we've got a couple months before people are red hot for Stone Cold. Yeah. He's still, still heel. Still a heel, a yeah. little bit of tweener, tweener energy, because Brett is already at a point yeah. where they're, the crowds are booing him. He's got... Uh, even the introductory videos just they refer to him, I think, as like a, a, a hero lost or something. Like, you know, there's something used to be a guy, but now he's not a good guy, kind of thing. For Brett? Yeah. yeah. When they do the intro, they're just like, ooh, what's going on with Brett? Um a lost wayward former yeah. champion. And uh so Austin goes out first and it's Brett who does it, so that feels good. Yeah, he tosses him off um, the rope and then the refs and uh, Gerald Briscoe and a few other fucking uh, yeah. stooges are t- walking him back out. Who actually walks out like under his own power, but then very quickly, Steve Austin's <laughs> running back to Being that ring. Being followed by refs and Gerald he, Briscoe and I do love Tony Guerra. I do love how like 1997 Steve Austin just couldn't stop beating up Bret Hart. Like he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't bring it to himself to like stop hitting the man. So he'd always come back, and there'd always be four people like Wurzel's back there with the shitty fucking hair, like trying to pull him back. Um, we've got Vader and Taker going back and forth. And again, two big guys who got real fucking tired really quickly. Yeah. There's an old school, which has worked out pretty well. Which and wasn't I, called old school back then. Yeah. And, but I do also <laughs> like uh, Jerry Lawler pointing out, like, if you just hit those ropes, he's out. Yeah. You know, like, so like. Yeah, hit the ropes! Drawing oh! attention to the format of this match. That's cool. What was JR calling him the man, Undertaker, the man from the dark side? You never hear yeah, that term yeah, used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I don't mind. I like it. But, uh, yeah, this is not the era of 400 nicknames for everybody, right? So if JR or King came up with something fun to call somebody, it yeah. could very likely just go over, and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> we uh, 
get uh, Vader eliminated by, again, he's trying to do the Vader bomb, bomb yeah. on Undertaker. Undertaker moves out of the way. Oh, and it's a it's a real kind of delayed, like, yeah, where totally. Go? Where is he? And boink. Very quick boink to the yeah. balls, and that's going to send him over the top. Row. <laughs> Crowd lose it, though. Crowd's very into this yep. at this point. And then you've just got uh, Undertaker and Brett. Yeah, Vader's out. Vader doesn't even come back. It's Austin that so, returns. Yeah. To to, to run, Austin it up. Yeah, to Austin it up and, and just just give you this sense of belief that you're not sure who's gonna win, but you know he's targeting Brett. Brett, of course. And you're making right? it look it's like personal. Brett won't win this because of how Austin's interference yet again. And uh, I guess take us to the finish then, Josh. What does happen? Oh, the Paul Bearer. He betrays Taker dun, with the urn dun, dun. and aligns himself with Vader. Much to his chagrin and lose what a twist. <laughs> but you totally forget about that. But it's there's, like there's another thing we were forgetting too. Psycho Sid. Oh yeah, Psycho waiting Sid in the, the wings. This is again very modern WWE in that Psycho Sid watching is the TV in the back, <laughs> watching the TV. Like he looks like he just down an entire bottle of Trucker Speed. He's just like <laughs> snorting and That's rubbing the- his face and like i've never seen a person best kind of speed dude don't knock that it is the worst (laughs) kind of speed because it is the best kind of speed (laughs) dirtiest shit in the world he uh he's just freaking out like it's the most tension he's ever seen it's the best match he's ever watched because of course he will eventually fight whoever wins this and be the first challenger uh, for the belt but in the end yeah he fight yeah he's he goes on he's supposed to fight the, the guy who wins this match he fights on raw for the abdicated title. Well, at that point, they're the champion. Right. right? Oh, yeah. He fights the champion. He gets first so, dibs on this guy. Brett uh, gets the championship. This should have been Brett versus Sean is what this should have been. But somebody um, didn't want to do business. So I wonder, I got to double check the timetable here. Is this before or after the hair pull? incident the back uh the fight in harford in the back room where brett famously rips out a chunk of Shawn michaels hair just before yeah we're on we're on the path to that so it's kind of a soft victory and you uh brett's happy you know brett's very good at looking like oh shit this championship matters (laughs) (laughs) this is like his fourth i think it would be his fourth yeah then he would lose it and then fifth right later on this year before survivor series yeah get it again get it back um, in between, of course, doing the air cast Brett period. <laughs> Brett as like a heel manager with that fucking cast on a wheelchair, rolling out with all the minor belts. Like yeah. he's got the tag belts, he's got a European belt. He's couple got a couple of slammies. <laughs> Just holding all the hardware for the rest of the hard foundation. <laughs> Golden Sitting slammies. around with his little yeah. Lennon glasses on, trying to look yeah. cool. Yelling at everyone. <laughs> God, it was good. That's a that's a period of Brett we don't talk about enough, right? <laughs> I uh, we'll find a good match from that because I just really want to go over like like manager Brett yeah. period, like or, Brett or, on or, commentary. Yeah, while or Dave's Sean in the ring or uh, uh, sweet, giving him sweet cheap music into the chair, then him falling out of the chair. This is such a weird point in '97 because, like, when you think the big points of how we got here, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Brett comes back. You've got Sean losing his smile bit. That leads to eventually, of course, that leads to Brett and Austin. Yeah. But that period in between is so weird because you basically got tweener Brett. Brett does not have um, the Heart Foundation. Yeah. He's by himself. Um, and at this point, he's a he's a he's a face, but he's also just kind of like a crybaby. <laughs> really, it's a it's he's a got strange... grievances, he's got gripes. Oh yeah, again in that classic call way, a crybaby, where Brett is always right. He's right. Here. He's absolutely <laughs> right. He's been screwed. Off but there's a lot cheated. of yeah. It's there's always... a lot of people brandishing a pink crying towel. 
Oh yeah, that's not this match, but yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. Brett's yeah. crying towel. We uh yeah, and you so, got weird. You got weird instances of mm. like them trying to push Psycho Sid mm-hmm. as a champion. Well, this is this is it. So at the very beginning of '97, you've got Sid and Vader. Yeah. Who really are secondary characters in the stories of Brett and Sean and Austin and even and Taker. Taker. Yeah. But like, so this period, you got about, I don't know, six months of these guys feeling like a big deal. Yeah. And then they're they're gone. Yeah. And then Brett's gone. And then you've got that new era. You've got that um uh that attitude era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to speak. You really didn't want to say that, did you? No, because I, I truly believe the attitude era starts with the Heart Foundation. I yeah. think the Heart Foundation coming back together and when Brett turns heel, yeah. because the reasoning he went heel, all of that shit, it yeah. all fits in. Austin, and Austin running rough shot. You got DX, right? Like, yeah, exactly. there's a lot of stuff. We're to, uh, Vince McMahon being known as the owner of the company is happening. Yeah. He's not Mr. McMahon yet, but like all the wheels are in motion for what will then, yeah. we'll all look and back. You got later. Russo taking bits from Howard Stern yes. and Jerry Springer and Absolutely. making for what I like to call damn good television. So, Josh. Okay, well, the finish the finish for Brett. Brett beats Austin up a little bit and then eventually tosses Taker out to win the championship. It was a good finish in the sense, like, I don't know. They see a Brett victory. I feel <laughs> like I'd have to go listen to hours of Bruce Pritchard just lie through his fucking teeth about 1997. <laughs> but I get the vibe that this match was kind of thrown together relatively last minute. Well, it was so. more about the names on the marquee than actually what happened in the, in the ring. ring. Yeah. Which is fine because what they want to get over is that Taker and Vader still don't get along. Uh, Taker has been screwed by Paul Bearer <laughs> and Brett is the champion and Stone Cold Steve Austin will not leave him alone. Yeah. That, that is the... waiting in the wings. So in a and way. Sid waiting in the wings. <laughs> exactly. And, and in a way, we are now setting the stage for what will eventually become WrestleMania 13. Yep. All that other great shit that happens in this year. Um, but it really does feel like a match that had to happen so that we could be like, okay, this is what's going on now. This is the new standard quo, the yeah. status quo. So, so Josh. Go. What out of 10 what's do you give this match? <laughs> Six out of 10 bleeding eyes. Right, that bloody That's lady. all I really remember from this match, yeah. other than it, it, the, the numerous finishes. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot, that bloodletting was like, every time I seen it, I was like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, they're letting it on, they're letting blood on this early in, yeah. in the Fed like that? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it fits, especially because yeah. who it is. Yeah. And I guess the match feels a level of importance. And he's the only one that gigs. Nobody, yeah, surprisingly. There's no, nobody else gets cut. Um, so it, it it's only overboard because he's so bloody, <laughs> you know? But then I, he's a fucking rosacea-covered, like, giant man, you know? Uh, he's just so pale. I'm surprised he doesn't bleed more often. Yeah. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's Vader. He bleeds all the fucking time. <laughs> it was gimmick, um, man. But I also like how part of Austin's early gimmick, and especially in this match, that he's been screwed over for seven years. Yeah, I keep saying And he's that. a dock worker. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That was initially his gimmick. He's like, yeah, but- I worked the docks and got screwed over in wrestling at that other territory. Yeah, where he was like multiple time champion. Yeah, like some of the best. Top mid card. Didn't want to mention any of that. <laughs> um, so I'm with you for the most part. I don't think six is a huge reach. I was thinking watching it. I'm just going to go with five. Ooh. Like, I don't think it's that big of a difference, but uh, we'll go with five 
you know, it had to happen matches. That's just because it's again, it just kind we need of to feels showcase like, all our all our upper crust talent. Yeah, it's just yeah. like they're not doing good money wise at this point. There's like according to the Wikipedia article on this, which I did not research. I just you know, of course, um, through. It's about according to that that, and so according to the WWF. It was fucking 6,000 people in attendance for this. And so you know it's got to be a way less than that. And a lot of these people didn't pay. But the crowd was into it. It did the things it needed to do. It was a very, let's call it a, wor- a workman kind of situation. <laughs> hey, you're forgetting this uh, pay-per-view was brought to you by Western Union and the Western Union blimp. Apparently piloted by Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, they don't got that big uh, karate fighters. Uh, <laughs> they ain't got that karate fighters money anymore. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> Western Union. We were joking that uh, that's how uh, McMahon was funding his. Uh, oh yeah, sexual escapades. With exactly. Women. Send it through Western Union, man. <laughs> They'll go international. It's totally fine. He gets a rebate. It's <laughs> uh, a tax break on that. But you know, all in all, it was very okay and. I wouldn't be upset if I had to watch this. Like, say you were going to watch every Brett, every major Brett match in a row yeah. from 97 and go through that storyline. Yeah, it makes sense in that <laughs> regard, but you can catch the highlights and move the fuck on. It's fine. Hey, Brett won. Yeah. So That's the go. goddamn point. <laughs> exactly. Brett, championship Brett. <laughs> and a mighty cheer went up from the heroes of the Calgary. last time, Brett would be a, at least somewhat a face champion. Yeah. I mean, unless you include... Stampede, Canadian Stampede, I guess. But eh. well, uh, different title wasn't it was the North American Co- British Commonwealth. That was, was their main title. No, 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 no. I mean uh, Stampede, the Canadian Stampede match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that was over. He was over like Rover in yeah, Calgary. In Calgary specifically. <laughs> You're never gonna boot boo Bret Hart in Cal- Calgary. You know what I mean? I was in that crowd. It's never gonna it didn't happen. happen. <laughs> Jesus, he could literally fucking stab everybody on the flames. <laughs> You know? They had it coming. <laughs> so that takes us to our next match, which is the Hart Foundation versus Strike Force at a house show in Houston, Texas. And boy, did it ever feel like a house show <laughs> in Houston, Texas. Oh, I got to say, first of all, Hart Foundation Fashion Watch. Uh, hot pink. Hot pink with black, black stripes. racing stripes on yeah. the side. They're oh. really going for it and at this point. boots. <laughs> In 87, Heart Foundation was feuding with um, Strikeforce a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Strikeforce actually eventually won the title, like before this match, yeah. won the title off um, them. Off them. Yeah. Um, so there's been some TV matches here too. This match, I guess, probably ended up on like a Coliseum home video collection i can't find out i can't see well, where it was it doesn't seem to be saturday night you can tell event. because of the commentary team. oh my god yeah so we're gonna have to go through the fucking rogues gallery that is the commentary <laughs> team here because i've never seen any of these people do commentary on any of the fucking matches we've watched so far do you want to but apparently it was very prolific starting right from the top you got bruce Richard, mm-hmm. the artful dodger of wrestling. And doing his best early Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon impersonation. Like, yeah. good guy Vince McMahon voice. It's really weird. Uh, we got Michelle Mike McGurk. Dirt McGurk. <laughs> no, not old dirty bastard. Uh, she was uh, famous for being one of the few, uh, one of the few 
of female uh, commentators and backstage interviews. Yeah, promos she and did not last very, no? very long. Are you long, kidding me? No, she? no, no. She was there till like 94. You're fucking kidding. And claimed oh, was that- she do- the one that was uh, doing the co-commentary stuff with uh, Pettengale? No, that was somebody else. That was somebody. That was another chick. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. She she did a lot of backstage promo work. Oh, yeah. I remember her And now. she looked like- the- I couldn't even fucking picture her when you're like- She looks like the woman know who she is. Uh, that- that hosted entertainment tonight. Yeah. That's what she was famous, yeah, yeah, secondarily yeah. famous for. But she left the Fed uh, because of alleged uh, sexual misconduct by Vince McMahon. Surprise, surprise. Weird how that happens, huh? Yeah, and then later redacted that and said she didn't like the steroids. So somebody got a payoff is what you're saying. I think it, mm. steroids, sexual misconduct, got to deal with Vince McMahon. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I think she got <laughs> It goes bought hand off. in hand. <laughs> she got bought off and she didn't want to walk away saying I made the whole fucking thing up. Yeah. She was also married to. I mean, uh, I would have taken the money too. No, no, no harm, no foul. Uh, you take the money now. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I would absolutely. I'd wear some Daisy Dukes around that office on your knees. Little, then little cheap grab. <laughs> Yikes! She was also married to B. Brian Blair. Of yeah, the Killer Bees. The Killer Bees. One of our surprisingly favorite tag teams <laughs> on this show. And uh, last but certainly not least is the Duke of Dorchester, uh, Pete, Pete Doherty. Doherty. Which is just like the most South Boston, like Boston. His voice is the voice of like a a cousin of Rizzo the Rat. You know, I just kept picturing (laughs) complete with cigar rat with a cigar and a cabbie hat, cabbie hat, and just being like, (laughs) "Boy, he's terrible!" Yeah, he's just doing. I'll respect to strike force (laughs) or some bullshit. Hot Foundation's gonna win, right? It's gonna win. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god. And everybody in this commentary team is trying real fucking hard, but it really it's does feel like- It's sucking really hard. God, it's the most <laughs> amateur sounding fucking shit from it the It takes down. the fucking com- three-man commentary, three-person commentary is taking away so much from the match. I, I can only tell you a little bit yeah. that happened. Yeah, and they're not <laughs> Because even of how live. annoying it is. Yeah. They're not even live. It's like it's, they've recorded after the fact, and it still kind of feels weird. So what we've got here is we've got Bruce Pritchard doing um, play-by-play. Pritchard. Um, Pete Doherty is your heel- uh, color and Mich- uh, he's Michelle grand- Michael, Michael Michelle, Mike McGurk, <laughs> Mike McGurk. Uh, one last thing about Mr. Pete Doherty, the Duke Dorchester. He was literally grandfathered in by Vince McMahon yeah, Senior. Yeah, one of he the was, old contracts. He was, yeah, he was old time jobber for for a lot of dudes in the WWWF. Yeah. I get the I get the idea of uh, Bobby Heenan had a day off or something. They called Pete Doherty <laughs> to come in. You know, like that's the vibe I'm getting. But uh, yeah, so beyond that, the match starts off in classic 80s bullshit fashion. You have the Heart Foundation coming in and looking like assholes and people are like, boo, yeah. oh, it sucks. And then uh, Strike Force comes in. They're, they're weirdly like poppy music kind of plays. And then they just rush into the ring and they start attacking yeah. uh, the heels because I guess that's what good guys do. <laughs> Early on in the match, too, it, I, I had to ask you, I was like, are Strike Force healer face. Yeah. And you're like, face. And I was like, well, why are the fuck are they beating the shit out of Brett? Yeah. Yeah. They start the whole thing off with Brett. Um, and it's largely Brett and Rick Martell. And I got to say, uh, longtime listeners, uh, thanks, Jeremy, uh, longtime <laughs> listener. Uh, this was a much better showing than the other Brett versus Rick the Model Martell match we watched. But. That's small praise, really, when you consider how fucking crappy this match was. They had a couple good exchanges, yeah. a couple of little like off the rope things, a little bit of uh, uh, mat wrestling. 
Oh, him and, and Tito, lest we forget, Tito Santana as well. He's fucking moving around yeah. there and Brett, oh, and then fuck. all of a sudden it just goes into rest hole mode. They are, they are fast as fuck, Strike Force. Yeah. If anything, they're the kind of tag team. Slow it down, boys. You need to <laughs> take it easy, okay? Pretend you're going to be here tomorrow. You know, you yeah, don't have to get it all totally. in. So it's a situation where you've got the two main workers just kind of wearing each other down. And again, yeah, it's hard to tell who is face or heel here. Yeah. But um, by the time, like you're getting some back and forth heel shit here, but you've got like the dumbest referee action here too. There's one time where you can see somebody tags in and he doesn't see it. And then he asks them if they tag. Tagged, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. What the fuck? <laughs> we you didn't even witness it. <laughs> like, and the whole time he's constantly pushing out uh, Tito, who keeps trying yeah. to get in because his buddy's getting the shit kicked out of him yeah. and Anvil's doing whatever the fuck he wants. And I do appreciate the Hart Foundation like redirecting the... The referee, it's like, hey, look at that asshole. <laughs> Come in, do their deal. Stop him. But yeah, you get a lot of uh, Anvil cutting off the, cutting off the the steam of Strike Force, or at least yeah. cutting off uh, Tito and preventing him from tagging Rick Martel. At which point, uh, the Duke of Dorchester is like, they're ring generals. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets real mad if uh, it goes the other way around. But yeah. not in the way that it's fun, like Bobby Heenan would, but in a way where it's just like, oh, now he's saying the other thing. Yeah. It's the good guy. What the hell is Strikeforce doing? They're attacking the Hot Foundation. Oh, look at that good move by Brett. Exactly. Smart, <laughs> smart. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and it's just a lot of that, man. There's really, there's no big spot here. Uh, we got a nice bullshit finish, too. I oh, mean, before God. we get there, I do think I got to mention, Strikeforce, your hair is too puffy. Sorry. It's interesting to see Strike Force in this era, like both of these guys who would eventually be like consummate, like mid card guys for the rest yeah. of their their WWF run, especially Rick, but especially, especially Tito. Tito. <laughs> um, it's interesting to see them clearly pushed as like they are the the top tag team. Yeah, they are the top good guys, the top face tag team. Their gear is fucking hilarious to me because they are wearing just regular shorts. They got a little lightning bolt on the one cheek. Uh, but Rick Martel's little Canadian flag. flag on the other cheek. And uh, Tito has, of course, the symbol of Mexico, a fucking sombrero. Yeah, and not the flag of, flag Mexico. of Mexico. Which just seems like, what the fuck are we doing? Well, to they're in here? Texas. They don't want to offend people with the flag of Mexico. Maybe he wasn't born in Mexico. I don't know. I don't not know. Sure. I, it's, I, we'll he's, either Texan, he's either Texan or he's Mexican. Texican. Texican. Texarkanican. Oh, jeez. Oh, anyway. That's, that's tex Texas and Ar Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> of which Tex-Mex. There, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Saved. Like a spicy corn-based dish. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I had plenty of those in Mexico myself. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that would probably be much more interesting than hearing about this fucking match. <laughs> um, but with that said... I didn't hate it, but it's one of those things where it's like, we've seen so many of these matches. This is a real nothing match. <laughs> and it doesn't have the, like, even the novelty of, like, the Moondogs, you know? Like, it's... it's no, there's no in-ring interview or uh, uh, post-interviews or... The most bland yeah. of... But that's uh, what Strike Force was. Like, they were bland. Yeah. yeah, at a period where you kind of wanted and a bland... The only point was to get Martel over as heel, and that's eventually what happened. Yeah. yeah he betrayed yeah, yeah. Portito. <laughs> And he went to go Olay somewhere else. Yeah. The fucking uh, Duke of Dorchester. I can't believe that Mexican got away with that. I'm like, fuck you. Man. Yeah, he multiple <laughs> times refers to Tito as, as the, the Mexican. Mexican. And again, you're in Texas, man. There's at least a couple in the crowd, I'm sure. I'm telling you, man, uh, they don't like them. Especially in Texas. We're going to... Yeah, I don't know, Josh. Is there anything we're missing before we wrap up this no, match? No, it just ends in a schmoz. 
and uh, they attack. Oh, Anvil and Brett eventually attack Strikeforce with the belt, unbeknownst to the referee, and then and then Tito goes after the belt as well. And then and, there's this moment of like you hear the bell ring, but you don't know what the call is. Yeah, and yeah, Heart Foundation peters out. And then it ends in disqualification win for Strike Force. Yeah. Yay. So he did see him with the belt, I guess. He saw something. Is the implication. He did and so, he didn't. Again, yeah. The, the referee so comes dumb. off uh, <laughs> so dumb in such a way. It just makes Earl Hebner look like a he goddamn. He sees it. Makes you him look like tell. Lanny Popoff is what it does. <laughs> you can kind of tell. Like the ref looks back and sees that Anvil did something with the belt, but then chose to I do acknowledge it. I do love like when a, when a pro wrestling referee infers. Because, like, that's the whole thing. I think it was by mistake. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a legitimate you mistake. You're not making guesses. If you don't see it, you're just supposed to shrug and be like, I didn't see it. And then move on. Because if it doesn't, if, if, I don't call, <laughs> if I don't catch it, I can't call it. That kind of a thing. But it's whatever. Who gives a shit? Josh. Yo. <laughs> one out of ten, what, what's do you give this house show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, three out of ten. Three out of ten cigar chomping men from Dorchester. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's so annoying. You left nothing for anybody to talk about. Yeah. And it's so, dis- like I-, I was saying before, it's so the commentary between the three of them was so distracting. You got one mm. guy pretending to be Vince McMahon. You got a woman kind of insinuating some moves in wrestling. She, I give her credit. I don't know if they had somebody in her ear, but they kept, she at least Definitely kept, not. No, no, no. It's pre-recorded, she, so no. She at least kept referencing like previous what they're do- meetups. Yeah, and what they're know. doing. Yeah. And then you got the other idiot providing quote unquote color. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so annoying. That's all you can take from this match. And then they lost. The uh, Heart Foundation loses by disqualification in a weird way where the ref wasn't looking or was looking, and a very yeah unnecessarily confused finish. Because again, I'm if confused. the guys that have the belts are going to win by disqualification, just let them get the pin. Yeah, uh, who does it fucking hurt if the current champions? Pin their nemesis. Yeah, at a, at a house show. At a fucking house show. Like uh, I, I, I'm with you. I think three out of ten sounds about right. It, there's no Hi. major botches or anything to speak of here, but it's just such a nothing. It kind of feels like when you were working, you know, five days out of the week on the road, you'd probably run this match for nearly a month. Yeah, you know, so couple this, weeks at best. Everyone goes home happy, yeah. you know, because again, these fucking the crowd was okay with it. I, and I guess it's supposed to build up sympathy for Strike Force with the inevitable like rematch between these guys on like a major show. Yeah, um, which I don't think ever really comes. Um, but yeah, so I'll give it three out of ten. Uh, Tito gimmicks. <laughs> you only uh, read two. Well, and maybe you should work on that. Eh? <laughs> El Matador. El Matador. Ole. Ole. Um, no, Arriba. I don't know, man. <laughs> he said Arriba. And not only that, that I means don't up. care. <laughs> that means up. Up. Yeah, I, it's a three out of 10 match. Not embarrassing by any means, but just like a, a real, like, okay, I guess. And the commentary can fucking sit and spin, man. <laughs> Worst commentary team I think we might have heard. And with the art fucking what's his name match. You want to talk about another guy with a hilarious regional accent who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing? <laughs> what that? What's going what? on? How big's that oh, guy? That guy's pretty big. Is that guy a wrestler? That's my favorite. Is that guy in the funny pants? Is he a wrestler? What do you think he's doing in the fucking ring, you bozo? Oh, man. So with old man, <laughs> that out of the way. Anything you want to give out about today, Josh? You wanted to talk about Mr. Samuel Zane? Yeah. You know what? El Hinerico. Yeah, let's do it. Um, El Hinerico. 
In a surprising turn of events, I watched at least a portion of a WWE pay-per-view. I know, I am shocked as well. I wanted to, but uh, I just so happened to be in Puerto Vallarta. Oh, yeah, you Mexico. poor boy. You poor Jalisco. boy. Came Good back time. all well tanned, saw a lot of uh, pictures of you on ATVs and <laughs> sitting around uh, tourist traps. <laughs> was, it, was it a complete tourist trap? <laughs> no, of course not. Just a partial one. Uh, um, yeah, so I caught the men's match at the Survivor Series War Games. Uh, first of all, I appreciate how they dropped the whole fucking brand versus brand bullshit. Nobody cares. That's uh, Nobody I, cares. Just have an uh, interesting group against interesting group. That's the case, then they can intermingle the yeah. belts now, but I don't know why. And, well, they do. And Functionally, I mean, in that Roman has both. Yeah, but then largely, you, don't, you don't see the Intercontinental belt on Raw, and you don't see the U.S. title on SmackDown. And I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that so much just because we have a cross-show champion right, right now and the main champion, so whatever. If anything... That that at least can be something you can sell as like an exclusive to that brand. Whatever. Is Solo not the North America NXT North American champion now? I'm not sure if he currently is. I think he is. I don't think. But he's he just doesn't it. brandish it on. He not was all the for time. A little bit. They didn't have it. Neither. They, nobody came out with belts for this. Right. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that uh, because fucking Paul Heyman had the belts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think he brought his belt out for this, or maybe he lost it since I'm not sure. Right. Um. Because like I said, I don't really watch the product, but I heard, <laughs> hey, check this match out. You'll like it. And I definitely was uh, pleasantly surprised. It was good storytelling. Yes, in a WWE Survivor Series match. <laughs> it can't happen. They can't surprise you. Uh, they are surprising you. I don't need to go into like excruciating detail here, but I think it's worth noticing the work that Sami Zayn has been pulling off. First of all, that whole bloodline faction has been genius. Yeah. Um. If you're not paying attention, largely it's Roman Reigns who's believed his own height functionally. And he set up a family-like situation, and then he's got the legal mind that is Paul Heyman. An advocate. Yeah, as his advocate. (laughs) And uh, he's been running uh, this company functionally for well over a year. He's had both belts. His cousins, the Usos, have also been champions for a long time now. What is it? Solo Siaka? Yeah. He goes by. Solo's been really, really good. The younger brother of the Usos in real life. So you've got that set up. And then you've got Sami Zayn, whose most recent character was basically a uh, a viral journalist in a sense. A guy who considered himself a revolutionary. Yeah. Who's trying to figure things out, but he wanted his respect back because he realized he had become a clown. Conspiracy theorist. Right. He's almost like yeah. he was slowly becoming, quickly becoming the Che Guevara of yeah. WWE. <laughs> but like as a total comedy gimmick. Yeah. Like a guy who wanted to be Che Guevara, like a guy who would buy a Che, uh, che Guevara shirt. I'd like to point out, I think this, that whole, what mm-hmm. we're talking about him was a Vince McMahon creation. Yeah. And, and also- meant, meant to fucking hinder him he, in a way. Well, I think to, it was to put him in a certain place. Yeah. And you need guys in that place because they carry the length of your show. Which is interesting you too know? because he had, during that time before McMahon was out, he had won the Intercontinental Championship mm-hmm. and then feuded with Fucking Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Last year's WrestleMania. And getting lost to Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. Oy, uh... So again, after all of that, it was kind of a setup for him. And he talked about losing his honor. And I don't know if anybody remembers 2014. Um, I was still drinking pretty heavy then. But <laughs> weren't we all? <laughs> all the stuff between him and Neville, and when he first came into the NXT and, and could like, win it and wanted to be like honorable. Yeah. All of that shit. And so he's now on that path. And so he had the in with the bloodline. Largely, it's a situation where you don't know Roman's motives. 
Roman is trying to again maintain his yeah. his his fiefdom, I guess. It's fiefdom. He's, yeah, he's a and, chieftain. Yeah, and he's tribal chief, and he's then. trying <laughs> to like maintain his power, control his grasp over the power in this company. Yeah, and this has led to situations where none of the other uh, like the Usos were at all interested in working with Sammy, but that kept changing. Yeah, Jimmy. Came over pretty quickly. Was kind of into Sammy. They even had they've had their own handshake for a while now. Yeah, um, but Jay on the other Jay hand, Jay was cold shoulder and Solo too. But Solo's whole thing is he's always cold shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. he's not really getting over. No one's getting over him. He's quiet. He does what he's told. Doesn't talk back. But he's he's angry. You know, you, you're not sure what he actually wants out of this situation. What's his agenda? This is it's a lot of um, Sammy working very hard to prove to these people that look. I'm I'm down. I mean this. Yeah. I'm for real. And of course, we've had a got a great Sammy moments. The whole feeling Usy bit where honorary Usy gets, gets everybody to crack. Yeah, and he gets the fucking shirt from uh, Roman, the honorary Usy shirt, which he is super proud of. And it it feels like he's he's proven something to everybody. But Jay, this match is a war games match, meaning one guy comes in and then another guy comes in, and then eventually, after everyone has four minute these four minute intervals take place, yeah. everybody's in. Then the bell happens. And uh, then the match starts. Yeah. And it is an elimination-style situation. So this starts with Jay going in first and getting the fucking shit kicked out of him. Because, again, when he was the second guy in, meaning at one for four minutes, he was a two-on-one situation. Mm. And it's just him getting the crap kicked out of him. Um, the other, time, other team, of course, is our... Weird British fighter faction or the UK fighter <laughs> faction, um, the brawling brutes, brawling brutes, which is just sounds like the and gayest Pete Dunne still what again? Butch, Butch, Butch. He's not very, that it's very UK. However, his whole gimmick, his look, is Pete Dunne again, which is fine. Um, my and favorite, then my favorite version, we've got uh, Mr. Claymore Kick himself. Yeah, um, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, Smackintyre, and. Sami Zayn's old best friend Kevin Owens, who recently, this is one of, to me, one of my favorite parts about this whole thing, pulled Sami aside uh, and was just like, "Only because I respect you, I want you to know, it's a matter of time before they turn on you." Yeah. So you might as well do it first. Yeah. Because you know it's going to happen, man. You know, do you want to be the one that pulls the trigger or not? Um, and and Sami was like, "No nope, way." Nope. Nope. nope yeah. Nope. And so this whole match and the commentary they, they keeps talking me. about it, like yeah. what's Sammy gonna do? You know, can he fight his old best friend? Blah blah blah. Match is great. It's very well uh, told um, as a story. Jay's in there, and then Jimmy's gonna go in. Roman grabs him by the shoulder, and he's like, "No," and he just points to Sammy's. You get the fuck in there, right? And it's again, it's that mob boss thing. It's like, go prove yourself. Yeah, go do the thing. You, you want to prove you can do the thing. And Sammy is fucking amped. And it's a great match. Eventually, everybody gets in there. All the shit starts. There are some really cool moments there um, where Kevin Owens looks like a real shit kicker. Rumor is, apparently, he slapped Roman in a way Roman didn't like. He busted the eardrum, and then uh, Roman lost it backstage. Previous, apparently, he had previous trouble with this ear is what right. it is. And when you see it, I get it. He just kind of fucking cupped him in the ear a little bit. Yeah. I don't think there's any like actual friction there. Or heat, yeah. A real. It might have been like, watch what the fuck you're doing, or we talked about this, blah, blah, blah kind of thing. Yeah. Because the match finished, and it went great. And I got to say... Watching AEW as much as I have recently, I forgot the aspects of WWE television that are good when it comes to like the, the camera work. They're still very good at having cameras in interesting angles and in weird placements. Works out pretty well. And then when the match finally ends, 
Uh, Sammy has stopped the referee from counting because he could not bring himself to st- stop the pin when his old best friend is pinning his new boss. Yeah. And he stops the ref from counting the pin. This eventually leads to um, Sammy helping clear the way so that Jay can get the final pin. And he he even balls fucking Kevin Owens in a way that Kevin Owens is... I can remember at least three or four times he's done this to Sammy. <laughs> Repeated. You know? Repeat offender the of their friendship. Really yeah. Sammy's ever pulled this trick himself. Um, at the end of it all, there's this great moment where he gets the special handshake that he does with Jimmy. And then Jimmy hugs him like crazy. And then Jay just runs over and jumps in his arms like two kids on Christmas. It's the funniest fucking thing. And he gets a hug from Roman. And I love when Roman hugs him because he hugs him like he's his fucking girlfriend. He puts his hand around him and one hand on the back of his head (laughs) and then like holds him, (laughs) holds him. So Sammy has finally gotten the respect he so uh, desired. Desired. And he comes off, for this whole match, he comes off smelling like a rose, like the real quote unquote hero of this fucking match. so hard. There's this great shot, too, after it's all said and done, where the camera kind of goes from Sammy to uh, Roman, and you can see Roman look at Kevin Owens and then look at Sammy, and then kind of like, he's still a little... And then there's just a moment where everyone's pausing, and Solo's the only one who's looking grim, but he's always going to look yeah. grim. A Roman looking at Solo now is he is the he is the potential hanging Chad of this yeah. group, the, <laughs> the unfinished business, so to speak. And there's just one little glance there, and Sammy, you can tell, is still kind of like, "Did I do the right thing?" Because like I'm sure in Sammy's head now, he's going to walk away from this and be like, "Yep, that's never going to bite me in the ass ever and ever again." The one person who probably would have been in his corner had the thing that we all expect to go down goes down is no longer there. Sammy is on an island, or at least that's what we're made to believe here. Yeah. In the realm of like, you know, when it all goes south, who's he going to run to? Honest to God, I have not watched- yeah, I have not watched the week to weekly show. I'm not really paying attention. The last WWE thing I watched was when you and I um, oh, well, yeah, went to Raw. <laughs> Raw there at the end of October, I guess it was. You're Raw dogging it. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, if you have not seen the men's uh, uh, Survivor Series War Games match this year, fucking go do it. Yeah. After we had reviewed uh, the episode of Raw that we uh, went and watch, uh, went to go watch. Yeah. I remember us both kind of saying that, look, uh, this is kind of a situation where the company's getting a lot of good uh, vibes from fans just because, you know, as long as you let wrestlers wrestle and you get rid of some of this old school unnecessary Vince McMahon bullshit, it's an easy win, right? You don't have to do much. But, and we talked about it at that time, and I think we even talked about it on our last episode to some degree where it's the idea of like when WrestleMania comes up here, just whatever, all that Vince McMahon stuff, or at least as we see it as Vince McMahon stuff, all of that's going to be gone, and then we're on to the new year of the new reign yeah. of uh, Triple H. So, and this this, this WrestleMania, story. this coming WrestleMania, the Triple H WrestleMania is going to be a real, uh, not not just a test, but a real passing of the torch. Yeah. I find another yeah. thing too. Uh, Austin Theory, everyone thought he was a write off, and he ends up winning the fucking U.S. Championship, beats uh, Lashley and. Uh, Seth Rollins. This? Did you fucking... And then before that, he oh. starts talking shit about Mr. fucking Persona yeah. Non Grata, they're, John Cena. They're trying to make him a little different. And I and I get it. I think he's happy about it. Yeah. I think, honestly, backroom-wise, he's happy about it because I think there was some breaking of the seal there with, like, okay, when they got rid of the money in the bank. And, like, I, I think they had already probably worked out a pretty good plan for him going yeah. forward. 
He's because uh, I thought he was going to get buried for sure, and it real it looked like the writing on the wall was yeah. writing was on the wall for him. People like to make the comparison between him and like Sammy Guevara. I think Sammy Guevara <laughs> is yeah. Like I saw that meme too. Yeah. He's you know Austin what I mean? Theory's like Sammy Guevara, but with talent. Well, I think I think Sammy Guevara is the one with talent, frankly, out of the two of them. Not to say that Austin Theory doesn't have any ability, he does. But uh, they're both guys who were tapped by the owners of the company, clearly, yeah. who they were supposed to be something special. But fans did not really feel that way about took them. took to them, yeah. But I, I think he's just going to try his best and do some pretty solid work. And as long as you don't make him the centerpiece of your fucking company, I think you're fine. I think what they should be thinking of him more as is like, again, not work style, but like what he fits in that company as. Mm-hmm. Heal AJ Styles. Kind of goofy. But also, like, he's there to go. Yeah, and to be intense yeah. in a way. That, they're Because they took away his uh, whole selfie stick yeah. thing and Good. and all that shit. And I'm sure he was happy about that, yeah, too. Yeah. I they got him over in a sense, but he was, like, yeah. he was getting fucking heat for it. He was smart enough to know. He was smart enough to know that any attention is good attention in that company. Yeah. You know, so as long as the old man wants to work with you, that's good. But I think he sees where things are. Although they fucking, I thought it was a mistake. But uh, during Survivor Series, when he came out, he came out to the fucking Beyblades like commercial. I'm not even because Beyblade was like one of the sponsors. Really? Yeah. So it was like Beyblade Action Quattro or whatever was actually like, <laughs> and it looked like oh somebody had fucked up, and instead of playing his movie, they did that. But as I understand it, that was not a mistake. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And uh, there was a good meme about it too, about like seeing like Vince McMahon at home watching. Theory be, uh, become Austin Theory and then watching Austin Theory become Beyblade. Beyblade. <laughs> oh fuck, it was so funny. Like, I, I just found it. I, I just very. I find it very interesting and telling that uh, he name dropped John Cena and said oh, yeah. he was better than him. Yeah. And are we gonna have another right. fucking uh, incident where Cena comes in and gets the, <laughs> gets the U.S. Championship again? Which I, I always thought was funny. a mistake when they did that yeah. with uh, with Rusev. Yeah, you don't got to put over part timers uh, to. Uh, wrap this up. I think it's a really cool storyline what they've done with the bloodline in a way that I didn't think the WWE had it in them. It all makes sense. Sammy is at the top of his game. Any company would be happy to have him. Roman, I don't know if he can, like, he couldn't be a mid Carter. You know, he's just, it's just so well, happy. There were times when he, you know, he won, he won the Intercontinental and US yeah, yeah, yeah. belts. But again, a lot of that was because they were trying to force good guy Roman on us too, remember? Totally. Now that he is allowed to just be the best version of himself, yeah. uh, even as a good guy version of this, like you could never move him down the card. You know, he's no, always he's always going to be up there until this... he retires. Now, and I'm very happy for him. But yeah, yeah, I would say if you have not seen this Survivor Series match, please go out and see it. You'll be happy you did. Oh, look, see. Uh, anything else, Josh? Nah, I. I think. I think we hit the nail on the yeah, head. Yeah, I look forward. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm vaguely excited about uh, <laughs> about this storyline. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, until then, Josh, oh. send us home. In the meantime, and in between time, this has been another thrilling episode of the Pink and Black Playback. Tune in next week, same Brett time, same Brett channel. Adios. Adios.